Welcome to With Priscilla, a podcast that dives into inspiring stories of everyday people who have navigated life's twists and turns with resilience, courage, and faith. Join me as I sit down with guests from all walks of life, sharing their unique journeys, triumphs, and lessons learned along the way. From overcoming adversity to chasing dreams, our guests open up about the moments that define them, whether it's an artist, entrepreneur, or someone with a remarkable life story. Get ready to be inspired. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Everyone has a story worth telling. And here, we believe that every story matters. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Happy late Valentine's. Yes, happy late Valentine's. Which I to think you. is perfect because we're going to be talking about marriage. And yesterday was Valentine's, the day of love. Yes. Um. So Bethany McIntosh, I feel like you need no introduction because for those who know you, know how sweet you are and how much you love your family, and God. you're just an overall solid friend. And so those who know you are blessed to know you are so blessed to have you in their life. I know Thank that's you. how I feel. That's very generous. Thank you so <laughs> <No>. much. <laughs> um, so Bethany McIntosh is married to Philip, which I've had on a couple of times. Um, he's the pastor of Horizon. And um, you guys have been married for like 20 Three years, twenty three wow. years. We just celebrated in um, January. 27th. That's right. That's yeah. oh, you guys just came back from your little getaway anniversary trip. Yep. That's Bucket list right. Trip. So yep. that's right. So happy belated anniversary. Thank you think so? Much. Um, but you and and Philip have been such a wonderful married couple. I mean, not only as pastors of the church, but just in general. At least for Jimmy and I, I know. I personally observe, because that's the way I learn, sure. with Terry, I observed her and Shannon and Lily, because our kids are around the same age. So I always observe them as being a young mom and right. and kind of picking up, okay, this is how, maybe this is how I should be, not how I should be as a mom, but just picking up wisdom and sure. and how to go about being a parent, especially when um, they're healthy parents, you know, there's, there are like prime examples, at least to me at growing up and, and watching. And now Terry's a grandma. It's like, okay, now I need to really watch you <laughs> as grandma mode and yeah. preparing myself whenever that day comes for me. Um, but with you and Philip, you guys have been such a wonderful, beautiful testament as a marriage, um, to Jimmy and I and, just even the way you guys are as a couple with each other, communication, jokes. <laughs> He's a master of dad jokes. You know, <laughs> laughter has been just what we have fallen back on in good times and also in bad times. Like laughter has been just the medicine to our soul. So it is. I love that. It's huge. And he is a jokester, dad jokes <laughs> all day long. <laughs> Which we enjoy. Corny <laughs> yeah. and all. Oh, with the <laughs> eye roll. Okay. <laughs> They're so enjoyed, though. I, yeah. I truly love them. <laughs> so, you guys, let's, well, let's just hear how you and Philip met. Okay. So, um, 
I am from Orange County and he's from San Diego. And uh and his dad was doing a Bible study in Orange County. Which his dad is Mike McIntosh. Mike Mac, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, and who was the pastor of Horizon mm-hmm. at the time. And so he would come up to Orange County and do a Bible study at a friend's house. And so it, it, he would do that, you know, every single week for years. And so uh, be, and through this Bible study or this home fellowship, um, I had the opportunity to go on a few trips with his church in San Diego, Horizon. And so we went to... Uh, different missions trips, and we had the opportunity to go to Israel. And so I was, we had three huge tour buses on this, on this trip, and I was on the same bus as Philip. And, um, and we, and one, t- at one point we stopped in Bethlehem and there was this huge uh, store with all the different knickknacky ornaments and things to buy. It was huge. And so everybody was shopping and I had a ton of stuff in my basket. And then when you're done, you had to go get in line to haggle with, with, you know, Oh, you got to get that price. You, yeah, you get, you, it wasn't like there was no prices on anything. You oh. had to haggle. And so, <laughs> um, and so anyway, at one point, Philip came up to me and he's like, Hey, um, have you bought your stuff yet? And I said, no. And he said, do you want me to go haggle for you? And I was like, sure. Oh, yeah. And this is this guy. I don't really know him at this point. I'm seven years older than him. I think I was I think he was 17 and I was 23 or 24 years old. Um, And and I was like, sure. And so I gave him all my stuff and he was behind, you know, the curtain <laughs> doing the haggling for all. So I feel like I could see him do that. He probably I, got a joy at thrilled do that. You know, he loves it. He thinks the America we haggle. And I'm like, just pay the price, you know. <laughs> and so he was behind closed doors. And then he came back out and all my stuff was all stapled together. And he handed me the bag. And and I was like, all right, so how much do I owe you? And he's like, oh, you don't owe me anything. And I was like, no, no, seriously, because I had gifts in there, all the all all my stuff. And he's like, and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Bethany, let me bless you. Uh-huh. And I was like, I like, I was just like that. I was like, oh, that was sweet. So that was my first real interaction with this generous gift giving man uh-huh. who he is today yeah. still completely. He's a gift giver. That's one of his love languages. And um, and so fast forward, though, after we got engaged, people wanted to hear how we met just like this. And I was mm-hmm. telling that story and he looked at me and he and he looked at the people we were telling the story to. And he said, but she didn't know when I went back there to haggle, he the guy found out that. I was the son of the guy who brought all these people uh. in there and he gave me everything for free. And I was like, are you kidding all these, like all this he said, time. Let me bless you. Yeah, let me bless you. He never told me that he didn't have to pay for it. He let. So I always, I always kid around. Our relationship is based on a lie, you know. So anyway, that so that was so kind of like funny. our first interaction and um, in Israel, and uh, and so then um, fast forward a couple months or so, I went to, um, I think it was in. Juarez. Uh, I, I, we went and we went on a missions trip down there and, um, the Lord spoke to my heart when we were, I was cutting hair with a bunch of high school kids and God spoke to my heart and he said, you know what? I want you to come and work at, um, Horizon. And so we got back from the trip and I called Mike and I was like, listen, I think the Lord wants me to work at Horizon. I don't know why or what. 
And so he's like, let me see. So he called me back. He's like, listen, this is what, what I can offer you. You can work half, half of the time. You'll be full-time, but half the time you're going to be working with the youth, like the high school youth group. And then half the time you're going to be working for the National Youth Crisis Hotline, oh, wow. 1-800-HIT-HOME. Oh. Um, and Philip was in charge of that. So that's how I moved from Orange County down to San Diego and was called into ministry. And Philip was my boss. And um, shortly thereafter, we went on our first date and, you know, things were very, very quickly moving along. So we, and we got engaged and, and it was pretty spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting because it was in like the eye of so many people, our, our whole courtship dating, you know, yeah, cause newlywed it, stuff. Yeah. Because for those who don't know the Macintosh family, I told Philip, um, the movie that Greg Laurie did. Um, oh yes. Uh-huh. The, Jesus, Jesus Revolution. Revo- uh-huh. Revolution. I feel like Mike should have had a a, a somebody playing him in yep, there. No, I know because <laughs> or a cameo, just yeah. because of how he was also sure. massively involved. So Mike he was Mac- there from the very beginning of yes. the uh, Calvary Chapel movement. Uh-huh. Yes, for sure. So, and I told Philip too. I um, I I personally feel Mike McIntosh is like one of the pillars. Mm-hmm. That's also involved with Chuck Smith and all of them um, in this country, I feel. You know, he's one of the really solid Christian leaders and a a pillar. Yeah. Um, So I can tell why all eyes would be on on you and Philip because, you know, Mike and his wife are such a— the last treasure mm-hmm, <laughs> and then sure. the son's getting married and then yeah. yeah so that's probably that was probably a lot it was a lot it was okay. a lot a little bit of you know the pressure yeah, and, I can imagine. And, like living in a fishbowl sort of situation yeah definitely. but um i think that we adapted well and just kind of um tried as best as we can to just do what we're called to do when we're called to do it regardless of who's because i feel like stuff. you guys would be more you two at least in my perspective would be you guys naturally would just be private with your with each other and your family that you started you have um one beautiful daughter yes amongst of sons yep yep um do you want to share? share okay so um <clears throat> i think we were married about a year and then um, we got pregnant. So we, we were like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and um, and that, and so we had our first son. Um, his name is Cole. And then uh, about two years later, we got pregnant again. And I was like, I remember going to that, that ultrasound appointment when they like, you know, look at everything. And, and so, um, Philip's like, you want me to go with you? Cause he's such a hands-on guy, like so <laughs> hands-on with everything. Um, I can't even buy a pillow for the couch with, without him having an opinion about it. So he's hands-on and, <clears throat> and so, uh, and I was like, no, it's okay. I'll just go. They're just going to, you know, put the jelly on and, you know, and have at it. Mm-hmm. So I go there and um, and my doctor was um, doing the ultrasound and she was like, huh, huh. You know, and I'm looking at the screen thinking it looks like pancakes, you know, I don't even know. It's like <laughs> yeah. blobs. And and she asked me, she's like, so 
um, do twins run in your family? And I was like, no. And she said, well, they do now. Wow. And that's how I found out we were having twins. And I was like freaking <laughs> out on the way home. I didn't know what to, you know, I was wondering how am I supposed to tell Philip? And, and so, um, I broke the news to him. He was at the church working in, uh, and we just about fell off. So, <laughs> so we started getting things two by two by two. People would, you know, start blessing yeah. us with all these two things, all like the Noah's Ark. Like, you know, it was just everything was two by twos. And um, and so uh, at one of my appointments, I think it was the one that's around 24 weeks um pregnancy I went in and we found out that there was a problem with one of the babies baby a and um he was having uh problems with his kidneys and the kidneys um weren't flushing and they were just retaining all of the amniotic fluid they were, they were they were fraternal so they were in separate sacs and so um we had to go see a specialist and the specialist the specialist was like um you know trying oh, maybe we could do maybe we can operate you know but we but that sh- got shut down because it may have caused trauma or caused me to start labor and all this stuff. So we ended up just, you know, it, this was going to have, this was in the Lord's hands. Like we just had to pray. Um, we were told that baby A would not make it outside of the womb. Um, mm. You know, so he wasn't practiced. There was no more amniotic fluid in his sack. He couldn't practice breathing. His whole uh, renal system didn't, um, develop so he couldn't pee in in the in this in there and he couldn't figure you know he couldn't do it so um but what if he was in there he's fine his heart rate was fine everything was fine and um he was growing but uh so we just knew it was a it was a miracle and so um sure enough um i was on bed rest for two months um and was living at mary birch and um which was is a whole you know, hour in itself. And, um, and I went into labor and I knew it. I had already had a child. I know what labor felt like. Mm -hmm. They tried to stop it. Um, and it was at 20 or no, 32 weeks of a pregnancy. Um, and so we, um, they wheeled me down for an emergency C-section. And my prayer was that I would be able to hear them both cry mm. because, you know, you hear all these stories yeah. of like how that silence kind of can haunt you and as a mom. And so, um, and so sure enough, uh, they took baby A um, out first and I was able to hear him like whimper. Mm-hmm. And then uh, baby B was like stuck under my ribs, did not want to come out. You could t- Like he was thick. They were yanking on him, trying to get him out, and it was hard. But they finally got him out, and he cried, and they took him to the NICU. And um, and I, and I remember pretty vividly, like just the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have some pictures, you know, to to help me remember because what you know, it's all just sometimes just gets such a blur mm-hmm. when you go through traumatic things. So, mm-hmm. but, um. The doctor at one point just came up to my room and just said, listen, we've done all we can do for baby A. And um, and so we could either bring him up to you and you could say your goodbyes here in the quietness of your own room, or you can come down to the NICU where you could say goodbye to him there. And so we prayed about it. And it was just this hard situation because we had to like 
we felt like we were limiting God. Like mm-hmm. the moment we take him, if we decide to take him off the machines, we were limiting God saying. So anyway, we prayed and we just felt a peace that we wanted to be alone with him. And so the doctor brought him up all wrapped up in these blankets and he had a little hat on and um, brought him up to our room and we got to pray over him and sing over him and smell him and hold him past him. Um, between me and him and, uh, me and Philip and, uh, and then he went to be with the Lord and it was a very, very, um, peaceful peace. It was a thick peace in the room and, um, and yeah, so he went to be with the Lord. And, um, so anyway, I think that we, it, it plummeted us into depression I've never been a depression person. I've never known. I always tell people prior to this, go on a run. You know, it'll be great. You know, you'll feel so different because I've always ridden life so high. And so. And that's all I've known you. Yes. And and since then. So I feel like, which is a testimony of the Lord's healing. Right. So, I mean, I, I was down, down in the pit of depression and, um, and I remember, and I'm a journaler. Like, are you a journaler? Yes. You are a journaler. Okay. Yes. So I, I'm a crier. <laughs> like with the wet pages. Yes. <laughs> so I use, I was, I'm a journaler and I write all of my stuff pouring out my heart. And so at that point I had no words mm-hmm. and I was mad, obviously at God. I didn't have anything to say. I didn't want to receive anything. I didn't want to read. I didn't want to do anything. And, um, and the Lord was like, just just write out things that you're thankful for. Make a list. And I was like, okay, I could do that. And so I remember sitting upstairs in my bedroom and and my list, literally the first day, what I was just looking around my bedroom and I was like, thank you for this bed. The second, <laughs> thank you for my blanket. Literally, I was so sassy in the, I mean, I, I look back and that's, I was all, that was all I was capable of. Yeah. You know? Understandably. Yes. Yes. And so, and then, but it was day after day of that. And I would close my journal. I still have that journal. And then, um, and every day I would go to the NICU and visit. So we named baby A Ryder. So Ryder is our first son um, who is waiting for us in heaven. Yeah. And um, baby B is Jax. And mm-hmm. um, Jax is now 19 years old. So it's. And been, working at my uh, favorite market. <laughs> yes, at Trader Joe's. So we, I would go and visit Jax for eight hours a day, every day for two weeks. And so, uh, when I went in there at one point, he was able to regulate his body temp and I was, and I came home and I wrote that. That was like the first thing that I wrote in that stupid list (laughs) that actually glorified God, that I had actually knew that God had something to do with whatever it was that I was thanking him for. And then it was the sucking and swallowing. Finally, I was able to, he was able to latch on and suck and swallow and, you know, all of those things. And then he was off oxygen and then praise the Lord, he was able to come home. And I feel like God used that, God used gratitude to bring back my joy, Mm. to bring that light back on in that dark space that I was in for a little bit. And, um, and now, and now with a new, the new knowledge of what depression really is. Yeah. Right. You don't, you can't just like go run it off. So, um, but it is a very delicate and gracious 
graceful dance you do with the Lord. Yes. That you have to sit in it until he takes it from you. But I believe that we have to be ready to hand it off. Mm-hmm. And he, as he's taking it away. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I see and have, you know, rubbed elbows with people that, you know, don't want to give it up. Mm-hmm. It becomes who they are. Yeah. It becomes what they are. Their, their association. Totally. Yes. Yes. And I feel like sometimes maybe giving it up is so uncomfortable and so unfathomable where it's like, okay, what do I do? Who am I? You almost feel naked. Yes. Which is kind of, I think, a little twisted and kind of like, well, why wouldn't you want to give it up? Because look at all these beautiful, good Mm -hmm. things that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you could be doing. Completely. because they're so deep in it that it's almost like a relationship. You bet. You bet. So, so, I get that. so we have, yeah. so our second, so to continue to answer your story, yeah. so we've got um, Cole and then Jax, who's now 19. And then we also have Jude, who is 17 year old daughter, <laughs> who I am so, 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 so blessed to have a part of our family. So, that's who we've got in our care, and we're going to go see one when we get to heaven. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be a joyous day. Joyous day, yes. yes. So then, how did you and Philip navigate through all of that? And mm. because I, I could only imagine, just as involved as you two are with church, and then navigating this loss and grieving. Um, was that hard to kind of balance? And then with your marriage, sure. Um, because I know that can when I've when I've kind of gone through like just like you, I'm the kind where it's like go get some vitamin D, sunlight, mm-hmm. go for a run, that'll pick up mm-hmm. your spirits and the endorphins and mm-hmm. all of the things. But sometimes when you when you're in that in that deep mental state. None of that helps. And because just like you, like I've never experienced until I experienced it. Uh But I know that with Jimmy and I, it it caused where when I was off, he wasn't off. But our marriage kind of was this unbalanced because he's like the high endorphin working out outside, working productive. And then I'm trying to be productive and still going out working, doing things, putting on a fake smile. I'm good, healthy person, but I'm not. And and that kind of, I mean, our marriage wasn't shaky, but you know, it, it, it's rocky. like a, it's it a just, thing. Yeah. It you takes know? some work. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I believe when Philip and I started dating, you know, and, and, and get, and, and got married, we had already had such incredibly wonderful relationships with the Lord. We were already rock solid with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously we growing every day with the Lord also. Mm-hmm. We hadn't, you know, attained, but um, but we had pretty rock steady relationships with our with our Lord separately. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then um and we also were called into ministry individually as well. I didn't mm-hmm. get married. I didn't marry into the ministry. I, I was already in ministry mm-hmm. before getting married. 
Um, and so I knew my lot in life, like I know it. And so did he. And so as we're married and, and we have suffered great loss and since then some crazy difficulties in Mm -hmm. life as well, I feel like we definitely, uh, give one another a lot of space to have a, our own love relationship with mm. Jesus, our own in love, completely pursuing this love relationship and being loved right back, obviously. Um, and it's my own thing and it's his own thing. And yes, we share and mm-hmm. yes, he, you know, we, we, um, we have dialogue about it. And then we also have our, you know, and our relationship with the Lord together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe like you going through grief and loss, like we did when we lost Ryder, um, it was a little bit like, uh, an eye opener to us as far as, um, he would having a, he'd be having a great day or maybe a great week. And I would be so broken. And he would be like, I remember one day he was like, oh my gosh, you've got to listen to this, this, um, worship song. I think it was by Tim Hughes or something like that. And, um, and I listened to it and I was like, huh, (laughs) did nothing for me. And I, and then you almost get a little bitter. Like, why isn't it, why isn't it doing in me what God uh, did it in you, you you know, and you start comparing even your, your, your grieving and your, and your, you know, all of that. And, and it's not, we learned really quickly that this is separate and God is going to have to, you know, heal us separately and together. And, uh, and so we did, um, you know, we were, we're very close. I feel like we communicate very well. Um, and, um, but we do do a lot of our spiritual foundations are definitely, you know, we we're on our own little path, our own track, you Mm -hmm. know, but together as husband and wife, you know, and, um, continuing to press into Jesus together though. And that's so, and that never stopped. That never stopped. It was never like, okay, well then I'll just give you space. And then brokenness. No, it was like, I respect your space with Jesus. And then we would come together and pray and that we would come together and, you know, you know, like, how are you doing? You know, we would check in with one another. Um, so, so it definitely, it seems like you guys allowed each other to have that growth spiritually, but then communication, you, you mentioned communication is so key For in sure. marriage. What would you recommend to, um, I know what I shared with you the other day, um, that the root of me wanting to have podcast episodes on marriage, mm-hmm. the topic of marriage is just because I see social media and the world just not glorifying and or sharing the the sacredness and the holiness of marriage. It's so the opposite. And even a cousin of mine was sharing how um, she um, doesn't appreciate being submissive, the submissive part, but she was, she, her interpretation was of the world and what the world interprets, which is really twisting and tearing apart the gospel and making submissiveness. So as if we're a slave and it's like, I just live and breathe for Jimmy and 
I don't have a life and it's just all about him and I worship him and I'm an old school. Calling Mex- him Lord. Yes, you know? I'm an old school Mexican wife that's just, you know, washing clothes, doing laundry, making cooking. his food uh-huh. and just whatever he says, I jump up and go and it's so not the case. And it kind of really upset me just seeing you know, and then social media, you know, I shared with you, um, there's a Facebook group that I'm in and, and there's just a, a lot of posts of women who are seeking help for their marriage, whether it's affairs, whether it's catching them in lies or just losing interest in each other. And, um, just all of the things that, a marriage that can make a marriage fall apart. Finances, kids, you know, I I know when you have little kids, it's hard, you know, having that one-on-one time with your husband that you so desperately want, but you have little kids. Um, So there's just all the things. And I would see comments of all the wrong advices. And you would see some where it's like giving hope and encouragement, just barely sprinkled in, but- The heaviness is all the wrong advice. So what would you recommend or what would you, what what are your thoughts of sharing with women who are wanting to get married and they're in their 20s or even their 30s? Because the 30s are desperate. This is it. I need to find somebody now. But then they want a good quality guy. But then there's also women who are just having a terrible time or they're in a rut with their marriage, whatever the gravity and circumstances. Obviously, if it's abusiveness, then that's a whole other conversation of safety and all of that. But for the marriages where they can be um, second chance and revived and all of that. Like, what's your biggest well, words of encouragement? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I so kind of just thoughts. threw. Or, or just, okay. you know. So here's my first thing. <laughs> I, re- I remember getting married to Philip and without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that I knew that God was giving me this man a man that I didn't deserve, right? This grace gift. It was an unwarranted gift and everything about him, right? And so, uh, like, I just didn't deserve it. Like, I know my past. Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) I know what I deserve. And, um, And it didn't come in a package of a husband, this I used to call him my Boaz, you know, because uh-huh. he's big and just, you know. Just <laughs> and for, let me paint a picture. Bethany is petite, petite, but mighty because she boxes. So she's petite, but mighty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Philip sure. is, how it. tall is he? He's 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm 5'6". Yes. And so it's just petite Bethany and then yeah. big, tall yeah. <laughs> Philip. So he's my Boaz. And I and I remember just the 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 clarity that I had that God was doing abundantly more than I could ever ask or imagine as far as a husband is concerned. Mm-hmm. He was just Jesus with skin on him. Like that's really kind of just how gracious he was toward me, knowing who I was, you know, I, what I had told him about my past and da, 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 da. So anyway, so I feel like 
oftentimes when we start a marriage there, mm-hmm. you got to remember where you've come from. Whether it be five years, 50 years, you know, you need to look back and remember, identify, remember where you came from. Mm-hmm. Remember your first love. Yes, our first love is Jesus. But remember how in love and how blessed and how overwhelmingly undeserved blessings we were getting, you know. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't lose sight of that. Um, and then also, I tend to think that people today, they will stay in whatever it is that they've committed to for as long as it is beneficial to them mm-hmm. or as long as they're happy, right? But God is not concerned. I think God is more concerned with our holiness mm-hmm. than with our happiness. Mm-hmm. And so when people fall out of happy in marriage, which is so temporal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they bail and they make a very permanent solution to a temporary problem. It's kind of like, uh, I'm not happy. Let me search for happiness. This isn't it. And they just throw it on the marriage type of thing. You bet. And so, so we have to remember that when I am unhappy, God still requires and is more concerned about my holiness. Mm -hmm. And so what is the holy thing to do? What does God want me to do even when I am unhappy? Mm -hmm. It's easy to live in harmony and, you know, (laughs) with your spouse when everything is going. Of course. But when something goes wrong, great or small, because all the smalls, they certainly do add up to like something massive. So, but I am still required to be married in a holy way. It it, it still, uh, and I totally believe that God uses our marriages. Uh, it's a holy institution, right? Between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is his idea and, it, he, and for his purposes, right? And so when we say, when, when Philip and I said, I want to get married in the eyes of God in the church and mm-hmm. all of you who came to the wedding, um, <laughs> I am also declaring that I want to do it God's way. Mm-hmm. And so that was my commitment to him. And that was my commitment to the Lord that I want to do this marriage to glorify God. And and so this, I think our marriage, our marriages are one of the best witnessing tools that mm-hmm. we have um, to the world around us without having to have a pulpit in front of us, right? Yeah. Be a, a preacher. It is something that people look at and watch and see throughout the seasons and throughout the high times and the low times. And I feel like that's when that's what feeds or not feeds, but that's more of a a bigger testament than preaching. It's seeing that walk. Oh, you bet. Right. Because when you're preaching, you're only you only have how many people are in your pews or your the chairs there in the audience. But, you know, when. I'm married. We're 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 going about everywhere, you mm-hmm. know, in life, at church, and you know, at you know, McDonald's or wherever you might be. Mm-hmm. So, um, how I talk about my husband and all of that. So, I I mean, I feel like if we can remember that that marriage was thought up by the Lord and it is a holy institution, and that God is more concerned about my holiness than my happiness. I could take I could take that mission, be mission minded. Every day, no matter mm-hmm. what the season is with my husband, whatever God has allowed into our lives, I, I, there's an opportunity from, there is, there's a way to behave 
um, and God will equip me in order to wait to behave that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I feel like that is kind of biggest thing for um, for to, for marriage. Um, but I do want to hit on a little bit on that submission, mm-hmm. speaking to the women, um, you know, that don't that the word submission rubs us the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, sometimes I think it doesn't until you say it like that. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that, it's, I, mean, I, I don't want to be do submissive. That, right? Yeah. Do that. But <clears throat> here's the thing. In, in, in Ephesians, in Ephesians 5, it says, wives submit to your own husbands. You know, it is a commandment. It, it is biblical and it is God's will for our lives. And mm-hmm. so when you say, I wonder what God's will is for my life, it's your, the will, his will. One of the things is to be submissive to your husbands. Mm-hmm. And so um, what is that to be submissive? I think it, it it's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. It's not an obedience issue. No, It's not Woman, go make me food. You know, it isn't, oh, yes, Lord. I'm a maid and a no, slave. That no, is not what, um, that is not what being submissive is. It is a, it's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. And it is, and so I believe that as Philip and I navigate through, let's say, finances, parenting, um, uh, you know, making decisions for our family, um, having the calendar or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I am to be submissive in every aspect of my marriage. That is what it boils down to. Not just one little corner of mm-hmm. it. It is, it's all aspects of my marriage. And I, and it begins with me recognizing that he is the head of this marriage, Mm -hmm. just like, and that's biblical, just like Jesus is the head of the church. Mm -hmm. Philip is the head of this marriage. Mm -hmm. And I am, and when I recognize that, and then, and then in light of that, I know my position in this marriage, um, then it's a little bit easier for me to submit to him. Um, And I submit to my husband um, out of obedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so regardless of what it is, I don't have to look at Philip as the bad guy no. or, or the, 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 you know, the slave driver, you know, <laughs> God, he's just walking in his role. God gives us all roles. God is a, is a God of, of order mm-hmm. from the very get go, mm-hmm. you know, a God of order and there's order in marriage. Um, and so Philip is the head of the house. He's head of the marriage. Um, and I and, see it as being supportive. And yes, and we have, and, and, and I believe that we can come and we are, we have been created to be his helpmate, mm-hmm. not vice versa. No. And so, and it is my delight because I don't even deserve him to begin with. And if we can keep that heart throughout the years, throughout the decades, <laughs> the long decades, I think that we've got a jump start into such a healthy, thriving marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's going to be moments of not being seen, not being heard, not feeling valued, not feeling like you know, we've done it your way all these times. Can we do it my way? Can we just try it? You know, I mean, there, I think that Philip welcomes my opinion. He welcomes um, my input. And I would have to say, I feel listened to. I feel like he 
values it. Um, most of the time, I feel like he even implements it a lot. Mm-hmm. But there has been times, there has been times, and I maybe can count them on one hand when he has to say, stand down, woman. <laughs> like, this is what we yeah. must do. Yeah. And I have to say, <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and if there's a problem with my heart, I got to take it up with the Lord mm-hmm. because the Lord is responsible for all of that, yeah. right? The Lord, I could, Lord, I have a problem. I have a problem submitting to my husband. I take it up with the Lord, mm-hmm. not with my husband. My husband is just doing what he's called to do. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, uh, that's my thought. And, and you just have to just do it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, stop complaining about it <laughs> and just do it. It's yeah. a heart situation, mm-hmm. not an obedience situation. Totally. And kind of like what you're saying with like with Jimmy, I, I see it as honoring him and honoring that role that God's put him in and and more than anything, loving, loving being his wife and yes. loving honoring him and the position he is of being the head of our house. And the because that's a heavy role. That's a heavy role. Decision Buck maker. Stops with him. Yes. Not with me. No. Uh-huh. And it I, I don't want that job. Sure. I, I will I already stress I don't need that extra heavy stress and pressure that he has in making these decisions for us as a family. So and like you, you know, he he validates my input and hears and listens to my thoughts and even him as a principal. I come in on the other side as a parent. And I'm like, well, if I was a parent at your school, this is how I would feel. Yes. And he hears that because he he needs to hear and he wants to hear the other perspective and so he can better lead. Yes. But to me, I see it as loving him and honoring him and supporting him. Yes. Because if he doesn't have that, then man, that's kind of a crappy, I'm a crappy wife. Well, and yeah, and, and, and I'm not, we don't want them looking for that type of submission or validation or support or encouragement from other pe- another person. Mm-hmm. It's from us. Yeah. You know, we don't want to dig our own grave. No. And I, yeah. think, I think that when we do it God's way, uh, even though it might go against what our flesh so feels mm-hmm. like is right. Mm hmm. That is when the world, that is when people are going to see something dynamically different about our marriages. Mm -hmm. That is when something supernatural starts Mm -hmm. happening. It's not when we start looking and living out our fleshly desires and start looking like everybody else's marriage that's in the world that Mm -hmm. doesn't last very long or isn't very healthy Mm -hmm. and they're all at odds all the time. Mm -hmm. There's nothing special about that. And that's not what we've been called into. We've been called into a very specific holy situation mm-hmm. with clear roles for a purpose. And um, and we want to definitely um, make sure that it's purpose-filled. Yes. And, 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 and although we might not see or hear about all the fruit that our little, you know, we sometimes we could feel so insignificant mm-hmm. in our, in our marriages. Well, it, who's looking at our marriage? You know, <laughs> well, how about your kids? Yes. How about your kids? That's the most, that's the heaviest. That it's redeeming the world mm-hmm. one child at a time. Mm-hmm. Especially right now, because when you hear someone being married for 40 years, 50, it's like, 
Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it kind of makes me sad. Acknowledge, I mean, acknowledging any marriage being married, however long, but it, it kind of makes me sad in the sense of there's not a lot of marriages like that are truly lasting. And I think it's becoming, I mean, I don't know this. I was trying to find some facts and stats yesterday, but it was already alarming and it was kind of sad. Oh yeah. I'm just going to keep that over there. Yeah. So I just closed the laptop, but, and then it, I even saw stats of from 2020 and 2023 where divorce was skyrocketing and I get it. And like I mentioned, you know, COVID kind of really, if a marriage was already shaky, I kind of feel 2020 just really zoned in on those parts of a marriage and became, okay, that's it. We're done. I can't take it anymore type of, I guess, like a marriage timeline with a lot of people where it just highlighted it and it ended a lot of marriages, unfortunately. Well, I was going to say like during, I mean, I think during that lockdown period, mm-hmm. all the everybody was home together. You know, mm-hmm. and you are like face to face with uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? And 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 fear. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I, I remember those first two weeks. We were like, "What is this crazy <laughs> virus thing?" You know, and you're all sorts of things. And um, and then and then you start learning about different solution that that the world and the pharmaceutical companies had to say and you know mm-hmm. and so people started figuring out and maybe even fighting and finding their, themselves on opposite sides yeah. of the spectrum definitely um i've i saw families just you know break up because of the their they were polar Abuse, opposites yeah. of of thought um but i just think like when we commit when we commit come into this you know covenant it's a covenant right so a commitment is you do your part i'll do my part and mm-hmm. it's 50 50 and we'll meet in the middle mm-hmm. and when you're not doing your 50 part then i don't have to do mine because you've dropped the ball mm-hmm. and so but that isn't what marriage in god's eyes are it, yeah. it is a covenant and mm-hmm. so when you enter into a covenant with the lord it's like i will do all of everything. I will do 100%. You will do 100%. And yes, there's going to be doing times that like I am not doing my part, <laughs> yeah. but you're still going to do 100. Yeah. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. That, that We're going to have to help in, and pull for each other. Yeah. And I was just, um, maybe I was talking with you and, and I had seen something um, about how marriage is a commitment or a covenant that you enter into and it is a sealed deal. Mm-hmm. You are going to be in this the rest of your life for mm-hmm. as long as you both shall live. Mm-hmm. And no matter the most ugly things you see in one another, no matter <laughs> yeah. what. Because there is going to be lots and lots things. of ugly things. Yes. Lots and lots of things that you do not agree with, mm-hmm. that you will never see eye to eye on. Things that you are like so sick and tired of. Maybe it's just something that is just bothersome. And then it's driving you to, you know, you know, yeah. you know, die. It's like but nails on a chalkboard. Completely. <laughs> and it's like, but nevertheless, I'm committed to you and I'm going to love you even though I, and, and it's almost as if we, it, the flip side of that is I'm going to trust you enough to show you really who I am mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to trust that you're going to still love me. Yeah. And that's a scary place to be, especially when different seasons come up in your lives Mm -hmm. and different circumstances happen in your lives. And you're you're like, you know, oh, gosh, that was in my heart. I I didn't realize, but that brought it out. And I just and I have to share this with you, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you know, (laughs) and just that trust. We're in this for the long haul, no matter no matter what. And I think if you I mean, it's all perspective, right? A lot of things are perspective. But when you commit to that wholeheartedly, it's kind of a fun perspective. It's like this adventure, this roller coaster with all the highs and lows, twists and turns that you are my life partner, hand in hand, and we're going to take on life together. And we're going to see each other's ugliness and things that I didn't even know I had or you didn't know you had. Right. And you're going to be first witness of that. You bet. And we're going to take it and run with it. You bet. And if you look at it that way, it's so exciting. And that is, and that's the picture of Christ and Mm -hmm. us, right? Jesus, the Mm -hmm. bridegroom and us, the bride, that it is a forever deal. It's Mm -hmm. a sealed deal. This, this marriage, this love relationship, it is sealed by the Holy Spirit. He is our, our guarantee. And Throughout the years in our relationship with him, he is going to show us and reveal to us things about us that we might not even know, mm-hmm. yet he already knows, yeah. but nothing surprises him. Mm-mm. And he's like, that's okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to sanctify you and change you. And we are going to stay in love. Like this is the real deal. And it's our picture of our relationship. And you have to say, no wonder Satan, no wonder why Satan hates Mm -hmm. marriages and will stop at nothing to tear apart marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that's through whatever avenue he can, you know, he can use. I agree. And even more so through... I mean, without going political, there's the the agenda is to literally tear marriages apart and remove specifically the fathers from the household because, like you said, our children are our first and twenty four seven witness to our marriage. Yes, and we are a witness to them of what a marriage is. But if you if marriages are under the attack, I mean, marriages are already. A lot. It's it's a work between us two every single day. You bet. But when you have outsiders mm. who are specifically attacking marriages, like the good, healthy, healthy marriages, because those are those are the ones that are threat. When you have outsiders specifically, and even the government specifically attacking, you bet the marriages and and, rem- and wanting to get that father out. It's it's more evident of how God is so needed in marriages and how the enemy, like you just said, is so his if he could break a marriage, that's not just breaking that marriage, it's breaking the generations. Well, yeah, he's he's taking the father out of the home. Rewriting really what I remember years ago, and I think it was 2004, 2008, it was, you know, gay marriage was on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And I remember that, how they want to rewrite what marriage really is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, taking the, the, you know, the fathers Mm -hmm. out of the marriage, the men out. And then 
Um, but now it's like they're coming for our children, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're taking kids out of the custody because it will break up a marriage. Yeah. That's why. And it has. You bet. This has. There's a lot of court cases where parents at odds. How, how does kids, someone sustain that without Christ? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just, just like I know our little Jimmy and I, the little attacks we've received, we know without a doubt that if it wasn't for God, we would be so, I mean, we love each other so much, but it's so, it could be so hard when, when your marriage is under attack and it's not even us attacking each other. It's just outsideness. Sure. sure. And so, yeah, I, I am so big on, on having God individually, but also in the center of your marriage. Center peace. Yeah. Because he gives the ultimate comfort peace but also is as kind of that parent in a marriage helping decipher and and telling the roles yeah. and telling yeah, guiding of, us through you know that holy yeah. spirit mm-hmm. and then so for the last bit what would you say for today's age because it's different than when we were younger it's different than the 80s and 90s what would you say to the single women who are desiring to be married, married, um, they're in their twenties or the ones that are in their thirties, middle thirties, where the world's kind of like, this is it. You're old. Sure. You need to get married. Time's sure. ticking. Yep. All the things. Yep. What would, what would be your encouragement? So, I mean, I, I got in, I think we got engaged when I was 28. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think I was kind of on the older than most of my friends had gotten married. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe, like, I think that I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling of being in Bible study and a new guy would walk through the door and every, all the single <laughs> woman would be like, oh, hi, you know, like, is it him? Is my, is my husband him? Like waiting on the Lord expectantly. There's a, you know, we, we know, like the Lord knows our desires, yes. but we must a delight in his ways before he's going to give us the desires of his heart. Walk with integrity, mm-hmm. walk with the character of the Lord, um, you know, be about the the father's business. Um, you know, don't wait, don't be waiting, don't be thinking or having that mindset as my, my life is going to start when mm. I get engaged or yeah. when I get married uh-huh. or when I have a baby or when I do mm-hmm. all these things. You are living right now. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Christ follower, you you have been equipped mm-hmm. and you have a calling mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Walk in it. You have giftings. Mm-hmm. What are your giftings? Figure it out. If, if, you ha- if you don't know what you're gifted in as far as your spiritual gifts, take a spiritual gift assessment. Yes. Figure Those are it so out. good. And then go to your, maybe your your. Bible study or to your pastor and say, these are my spiritual gifts. How can I be used in the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. Or maybe God is going to stir your heart and you're a call, you have a calling outside of the church mm-hmm. to be implementing your giftings and mm-hmm. your callings. Walk in them. Walk in them wholeheartedly. Um, be busy about the Lord's business. I feel like um, I didn't expect God to bring Philip into my life the way and when he did. Mm-hmm. Um I was just so 
with complete abandon, just serving the Lord Mm -hmm. and being amazed at the grace that he had for me and the plans. These plans, literally, they are for a future and a hope. And I know sometimes that verse gets so, like, widely (laughs) used. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I was basking in his goodness Mm -hmm. of, like, how can this? This is, like, this life is so amazing, you know? And um, so different than what I was living before. God intervened, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I feel like you just stay busy. Keep going. Don't, don't just give the, give. And then, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's not wrong to, to live expectantly. Like Lord, you know, is it him? But it's just a thought. And then you give your thoughts to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer of feel the feelings, but then give them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's it. And then the Lord will be faithful to take those feelings and you go back to what you're called to do. So that's kind of my encouragement. I love that. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about perfect, but. (laughs) Well, it's it's true. And it's kind of what I've told, I've told my daughter too, of, of, um, she's a senior in college. It's like, do like, do all the things, aspire, whatever your dreams are, go after them. And if anything, that's just going to be a bonus to whoever God has planned for your you life. Yeah. And and be that, that Proverbs 31 woman. You know, like <laughs> I remember going through Proverbs 31 woman when I when I was a single person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to be the one. I want, I don't want it. That doesn't start when you get engaged. Mm-hmm. You be all that Christ has called you to be now. You start being the wife you want to be. Mm-hmm. Walk in it now. Mm-hmm. Pray for your husband. You might yes. not, you might, your husband might not have a name or a face yet, but you pray for him because then when you get married, you are, are already in that groove. Yes. And my mom, it's funny because my mom, when we were younger, she would pray for my brothers and I and our future spouses. And at that time, I was like, what the heck? She's yes. crazy. Yes. I'm 13. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is so far, but I get it. And I do the same for my kid. Yeah. It, I mean, with her sometimes, you know, I'll sure. make it a little silly. Like, uh-huh. I pray for her future husband, uh-huh. you know. But my alone prayers, it's like, God, you know, I pray for whoever you have for her. And I pray for um, I pray for him and and whatever he's going through in his life right now. And, I, you know, it's like already praying for that relationship and that marriage. Yes. And um, so I completely agree with you and of just walking in that and being in that and owning it. You bet. And it's kind of like your head up high and just being that woman. You bet. And, um, but yeah, that's so true. And so I just hope in general that this, this talk that we just had really encourages women to, um, to walk in that light, whether you're married or single and, you know, and, and sometimes the husband, maybe he doesn't go to church, but still continue to be that and pray for him and go to church and take your kids and be that light. And cause I've seen marriages where the woman, the husband or the wife, you know, one doesn't, uh huh. And, but God always, always prevails. And that spouse ends up 
you know, recommitting themselves to that marriage and, and to their family. And, and it becomes a true testament to the other spouse's faithfulness Bet. and obedience, Absolutely. you know? Well, thank you so much. So this is so fun. It was so Thanks for fun. Having me on. And hopefully we'll have you on again. Thanks for listening and joining me. I hope you found something of value in this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss out. Until next time, I hope you have the most beautiful day. God bless.